this is an interesting story, and it takes us back to the beginning of lockdown in places where lockdown was a little more strict, perhaps, than it was here in Metro Vancouver, and how one person dealt with that. Joining me to tell that story is Rachel Neuer, an award-winning freelance journalist for Time magazine. Rachel, thank you so much for making some time for us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. You've written about this and really paint a picture back to the isolation and feelings of lost connections into the lockdown and then what you did to try and break out of that or to deal with that. And it uh, perhaps is an unlikely solution or will, will seem like that to some people. But tell us what you did. Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, in brief, I did MDMA, which is the illegal drug also known as Molly or ecstasy. You know, it's a, a couple of years after the pandemic. It's sort of hard to put ourselves back into that frame of mind during intense lockdown. I was here in Brooklyn. Um, you know, the streets were just eerily quiet. The only sound outside really was the sirens going by. Um, you know, we had no idea when this thing would end. No connection with other people except for our, um, it was my husband and I, our one buddy who was in our pod. Um, and, you know, several weeks into this, I really felt like I, I was sort of losing my mind. I was losing touch with who I was. I was losing purpose in my life. And um, my husband, Paul, and I, our friend Ty, came together and we said, you know, why don't we do some MDMA? <laughs> and I, I had done MDMA a few times recreationally, you know, at clubs, um, in warehouses raves that kind of scene but I'd never done it at home uh you know just with two other people so Ty put together this really killer disco playlist and um you know we uh, scheduled it for a Friday afternoon because who needs to go out at night or do this at night if you you know literally have nothing to do at all um and for anyone who's done MDMA you probably uh are familiar with the feeling of it coming on because you start to smile and or at least that's the experience for me so I felt myself smiling and I was I really felt like I was smiling genuinely for the first time in those several weeks since this horrible pandemic began um, and at the same time I had been struggling with with these feelings of you know who am I what am I doing what's going on with my career I'd been a science journalist for more than a decade. I'd written a book about illegal wildlife trade, so things like rhino and elephant poaching. But I, I realized in that moment in doing MDMA that I was feeling really burnt out with just writing about um, essentially animals dying and what's happening to our planet and our environment um, because of humanity. I was looking for a new professional challenge, and um, at one point I took a break during the dancing part of the, the evening, and I, I was sitting on the couch thinking, you know, what can I do with my life? to just give it a little bit more meaning. And I realized I could write a book about MDMA. Um, and that book actually just came out two days ago. It's called I Feel Love, MDMA and the Quest for Connection in a Fractured World. It's published by Bloomsbury. Um, it's really the whole story of MDMA. You can kind of think of MDMA as a protagonist. So history, culture, politics, and um, especially science and mental health. And going back to that lesson from the pandemic, um, in addition to having this idea um, while I was on MDMA to write a book about MDMA, I just felt this really essential, vibrant sense of connection, um, connection with myself, connection with everybody else out there who was really suffering. And it was that, that unity, you know, we're in this together and we will get through this together that really, um, you know, kind of changed my mind during the pandemic and got me out of this really awful funk I'd been in.
So that's a really long story, but there it is. <laughs> it's amazing that it turned into the book, and congratulations on that being published. You. Uh, you wrote in the, in the article about this as well, that it was the turning point in your mental health. And, and do you remember that moment? Was it while you were dancing or, or shortly after you'd taken it, or was it later on that you realized that? I mean, it was through, I mean, MDMA lasts about, you know, five or six hours. So it was more just this great relief of having this shroud of anxiety and unknowing and um, just horror lifted and suddenly feeling so much lighter and feeling this sense of social connection with everybody and, and deep, deep, deep empathy with everyone around the world who was going through a similar thing and especially with people who had suffered at the hands of this pandemic, who has even lost loved ones. Um, and so there was the acute sense of uh, connection and gratitude for just, you know, being alive in this moment while I was on the MDMA. But as lots of people who do MDMA therapeutically or recreationally report, it's really the lessons you take from the experience on the drug that gives it its value. So you know, after coming down, long after the drug had uh, left my system, I could reflect back on that feeling as sort of a touchstone to, to ground me. You know, when I started to feel like I'm spinning out of control or, you know, sinking into a depressive funk again, I could be like, okay, let me put my mind frame back into that, that MDMA glow and, you know, apply those lessons to this moment again. Right. And, and that was my takeaway after reading your article about this as well, in that it's not just saying, hey, take these drugs and you'll feel better. It then goes into how, how we've really changed thinking about this drug and the fact that it is being looked at to, for treating post-traumatic stress disorder and, and other illnesses or other ailments as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think people today think of, still think of MDMA in sort of two different senses. Either they think of that 1990s early aughts propaganda of you know ecstasy this evil drug that's eating holes in people's brains and you know going to destroy our children versus um, sort of the media hype today of MDMA as this so-called miracle cure for PTSD and other mental health maladies and um, that's what my book I Feel Love really gets into it's 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 a realistic look at MDMA and what we can expect of it so yes there is extremely promising science and data coming out showing that. MDMA, when paired with therapy, can be an effective way to address, uh, address trauma in people with severe PTSD, at least some people. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not going to make all your problems just magically go away. And there are other scientific studies now looking at MDMA for social anxiety in autistic adults, for example, for depression, for eating disorders, um, for a whole range of things. Did you keep taking it after that night or was that kind of the <laughs> launching point for you? Um, so the interesting thing about MDMA is it's, uh, it doesn't affect your dopamine system or um, your, and it's not an opiate. So it actually isn't physically addicting. So you're not going to really develop a physical addiction to MDMA. Um, some people do develop a habit, you know, they, they just party too much. They get into the raver scene. They're going out every weekend, but that's more of a socially driven thing. Um, as far as me, I set a rule for myself, which is I do MDMA once every three or four months, just as sort of a little vacation from the ordinary uh, like humdrum life and a way to get back in touch with my feelings and feel that sense of oneness with myself, with other people and with the planet at large. All right. Well, it, the article was a very interesting read and uh, I can't wait to look at the book closer. Rachel, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much for having me.